0: Welcome to the full stack business owner podcast, where we are enhancing your full stack of skills to build wealth inside and outside your business. Today, we're with Tony Versick from The Empowered Man talking about all things, I don't know, how do I insert this? Empowerment, I guess. Now, if you want to join the conversation, head over to Facebook and join the full stack of business owner community Facebook group. Tony's in there. Charlie's in there. I haven't been let in yet, but one day I'll be in there and I'll be able to converse with you guys all. So if you've got any questions on this topic, go over there and join the convo. Now, before we get started, let's cue Charlie's infamous disclaimer.
1: Charlie here from Full Stack Business Owner. I need to let you know that Grant, myself, and the Full Stack Business Owner team are in no way, shape, or form qualified to give you financial advice or pick investment products. We highly encourage you to seek out and engage the use of professionals when making financial decisions or comparing investment products. All right, guys, I'm very excited to have Tony on the podcast today. There's something I've noticed, and I suspect many of the business owners out there have noticed also, there's this unique irony that exists. Many business owners go into business to actually provide for their family. It was the reason I got into business. Like, I very much wanted to create a life and experience for my family. Now, Grant, I think you're the same, right? you had to guess, like, there was something in it. Now, what I find interesting is that so many people go into business with that intention, End up sacrificing their whole life to create a successful business and then lose their family. Like the divorce rate in business owners is astronomical. Like it's incredibly high. I would say there's factors of like large stress, the lifestyle it presents that can be very hard on a family and relationship. And the business owner, personally, in all honesty, well, I mean, mm-hmm. I'm, quite, I'm not that old and losing my hair pretty pretty well already, like we've seen the signs, right? <laughs> so today we're bringing on Tony in the podcast because he's someone who really specializes in this topic and I know he's helped a lot of people actually repair relationships and uh, also a lot with children and I suspect around money as well, which is one of the things we're going mm-hmm. to dig into today. So Tony, welcome to the show. And I just, if you can, can you just give us a little rundown of your business and what you do? And then we're going to get uh, into some very like pointy questions on this episode today.
2: Love it. Thank you guys so much for having me. So my name is Tony Versick. I turned 31 two days ago. So I'm quite uh, young, you that? I would say. I'm not, been- I'm not a vintage of, of, of maturity, but my business is basically coaching business owners, male business owners, although we have coached females on how to fix their marriage, connect with their children and find balance between work, life and family. If I summarize that in a nutshell, build wealth without sacrificing your health or yourself. Pretty damn simple, right? And basically what we do is we help men with their routines, habits, rituals. We help them make more money, work in less hours, reignite their relationships, and ultimately have a kick-ass life. Because what's the point of making any of this money or building any of this wealth if you lose it all or if you're miserable during the process?
1: Yeah, I tell you what I think it was interesting when I did the research on this is that uh, this is in the trade sector. I was doing some research on like uh, tradies and the number one reason for bankruptcy, I was like, oh, it's got to be builders going bust. It's got to be like subcontractors. Divorce. (laughs) Divorce (laughs) is is. the number one reason they go bankrupt. And it's like, again, I really want the people who listen to this episode is like your highest risk asset might be your relationship. It really might be the thing that has you lose it all. But, Tony, I I know you've done far more research than I have on this topic and I would love to know from your perspective why. Like it's such a common story. Like how does this all happen where so many business owners fall into the trap and fallacy of becoming all consumed by business and then having the ramifications at home that come with that?
2: The simple answer is blind spots. So if you're driving on the motorway, you guys are in Melbourne, people are all over the place. If you're driving on the motorway and you don't check your blind spot and you turn right, you can kill someone. If your family's in the car, it can be a disaster. So as men, as women, as high performers, we put the blinkers on, aka we have blind spots and we go all in on providing, making money and being successful. Why? Because that's what we're told to do. You got to be successful. You got to make money. You got to have more. And it becomes this game of constantly chasing more which is great. That's why we have goals. That's why we you know, do these things is because we want to be successful and expand, especially for men. Our, our purpose is expansion. That's why wars and things like that happened. So we put our blinkers on, we put our head down, bum up, and we just do what we need to do and we grind and time just flies by. You guys would have noticed as well. Like You look in the mirror and think, how did I get here? I look older. I look I look a lot more haggard and, and I don't operate the same way as I used to. And because we're so busy and because so much time goes into the business and so much energy goes into the business, which is, by the way, what balance is, balance is simply time and energy. You put time and energy into one area, it simply means that time and energy is currently not in another area. All that time and energy goes into the business, into growth, into expansion. And because the blind spots are there, we sort of sweep under the rug the arguments with the wife, the fact that we've let go of our health and don't exercise anymore. The fact that, yes, our bank balance is almost at that million net worth or higher, but we haven't enjoyed the process in quite a few months or even years. So it's not intentional. No one intentionally gets divorced. No one gets married thinking, I can't wait to break up my family. These things happen because we have blind spots. We're sort of aware of them, but we sweep them under the rug because we're so focused, aka imbalanced time and energy, in growth. So the secret really is is being able to have both. You
1: know, I, yeah. feel, I feel like you were just like, actually, I could envision the story. Like, and I think this is just going to be a therapy session for me and Graham, by the way. <laughs> mm, mm, so, I guess like, yeah, we, can,
2: we can do this multiple <laughs> times. It's, it's all good.
1: <laughs> so I, 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 again, I'll, I'll just like frame this up. I want you to imagine a much younger uh, version of myself running this marketing agency. I mm-hmm. just landed this big client it was a very substantial client. And uh, to put it this way is they've got a ticker code, right? That's how substantial a client we're talking about here. Now, I was coming into Christmas and they wanted to run a Boxing Day ad campaign. They wanted to run this specific ad campaign on Boxing Day, which would mean that someone on Christmas Day would have to be pressing the buttons to turn that live. Now, mm-hmm. I volunteered for that, of course, because this is my big break. This is me making it in business. I going to be a big deal after this. Now, what I what I didn't realize is that if you're at a family event – and you leave to go to work on Christmas Day, what kind of impact that would have on your partner not being mm. there? And um let, let's just say that was a huge blind spot. I thought mm. when I left, they're gonna be like high fiving and shit, going, look at that savage go. This guy's killing it. Mm. He's made it. Or mm. well, he's finally this guy. not here
0: anymore. Like <laughs> Yeah, he's he's
1: made it to the big leagues, right? He doesn't even he doesn't, he doesn't do Christmas anymore. Yeah. He, he's a he's mm. a business titan. And when I uh, so I went did, did the work and come home and I expected an evening of celebration, like happy times only to get pulled up on the blind spot that you've so uh, referenced so well here. And uh, mm-hmm. I, I completely unaware and like I did damage to my relationship at that point and had to go into repair mode. And I just think mm-hmm. of like how many business owners have had a similar thing. So yeah, Tony, from your perspective, like what are the signs people need to be looking out for? If we've got this blind spot How do we put Mm mirrors in the right place or like, how do we start to think about where they might come from?
2: That's a really good question. And I'll reference what happened to me last year. So I've been running businesses for the last 11 years, Empowered Man, the most recent one. And just like you, I had these blind spots and I started feeling a lot more stressed. I started feeling very tired and burnt out. I would get up at 5am every day as I've done for years, but my eyes would be glued shut. So then I had to have two to three to four coffees each morning to get out of bed. Then my adrenaline is at an all-time high, as you can probably relate to. I'd go through the day and I'd be more triggered by the things going on, the stress of the property manager calling me, the people ruining the property. And I'd take all that home to my wife and, and my family. And then the smallest thing would set me off. And then we'd get into an argument. Now, the first like three years of our relationship, we were fine. We didn't argue. But then the child came along and the business grew. And despite being more and more successful, I didn't realize the biggest blind spot was that I had forgotten it was an infinite game. And I was constantly chasing that more, ignoring the very, very you know vivid red flags, the red flags like being stressed, being burnt out, arguing with your partner, not feeling fulfilled, and also not really having an end goal or a vision and being so focused on end goals that weren't even real that once you hit them, you just move on to the next one. So if you think about it, that's a very rat race mentality. You know those uh, those videos of like sped up cars for B-roll? That's sort of what it's like. You're just speeding through life. So all those things are signs that you're not in the place you should be or could be because you shouldn't do anything. You do whatever you want. Those are all signs that something needs to change and you get to slow down. And slow down doesn't mean slow down making money. It doesn't mean slow down growing your business or investing. It means slowing down enough to be present and enjoy the moment. Cause all of those are signs to remind you that in the past you haven't slowed down, things are about to break. But you're so focused on the future and achieving, which is more, that you're not ever in the moment. And the biggest sign for me was when my wife said to me three months after my daughter was born, I feel like I'm raising her on my own. And oh. I go, Oh, oh.
0: <laughs>
2: slapping. That was a face. Button. That's a good button to push. <laughs> An amazing button. <laughs> But what goes through my head then is the ego comes up and it's like, yeah, but I'm doing this all for you. Don't you understand? And it's so challenging to put that aside and go, you know what? You're right. Like, And that, that's where the question arises. It's all about solutions, not problems. How can you be successful and have more and grow while also living in the moment? Being able to switch off on a Thursday that's a public holiday where everyone else is off and you're not. <laughs> you know, like having these these balancing acts identifying the blind spots and once you identify them which is very hard to do to put your ego aside and go you know what things aren't working i have money i'm not happy how can i change that what can i do about that
1: so that would be uh, the, just, the answer just before it's we like go further sort of we yep. scheduled this podcast before we knew it was a public holiday. Right? <laughs> I'm not complaining. I'm working all day.
2: I'm taking Rosie out to, to a surprise lunch today because I I've realized I do this. I work all the time. So I've got to practice what I preach. Oh, so <laughs> and you, and you really now know
0: that because she's told you about it before.
2: At Grant, Yeah, I mean, she told me before she there. told me, right? Like, I'm, so she told me before she I'm said it three months. She inside. told me through it.
0: You're, you're so, feeling the pain. You're right? feeling, right? It, I'm you're feeling I'm the just, pain.
2: But continue on, sorry, Tony. No, I was going to say like, she told me three, those entire three months, she told me through her tonality. She told me through the lack of intimacy. She told me through the argument. She told me through a burnout, but it was the words, I feel like I'm raising her on my own. So a big thing we deal with, right? We, our most successful client, he does 60 million a year. We work with business owners and his wife came home and said, I don't love you anymore. Now she didn't wake up one morning and go, oh, I've fallen out of love with my husband that built up over six months, 12 months, 18 months, but he was providing, he was doing all the things right. So I think we ignore these warning signs often not on purpose. And we're very aware that they're happening, but we don't bring enough awareness towards them to do anything about it. It's like uh, intentions are
1: really pure, right? Like you're not intending, uh, like for all of them, it's like in my Christmas example, like my intention wasn't to, you know, Hey, I'm, I'm choosing work over you. And in mm. your example, the same thing. And uh, I'm sure Grant will have examples at some point. We'll go again. Very quiet. Perfect <laughs> um, relationship Deliberately. There. <laughs> deliberately. Oh.
0: But to, t- to that point, right? Oh, no, go on, I'm sorry.
1: No, no, all yours. Literally.
0: Yeah, but to that point, like I will put this out there because I I very much lean into the concept of as business owners, oh, what do we primarily focus on improving on ourselves? It's business, whether it's sales, mm. marketing, operations, scaling, all these things like how many books of the people that are listening to this are related to relationship improvement, right? Mm-hmm. What, do we just come out of the womb just saying, hey, we're really good at relationships? How many of us have actually said, how do I become a better partner, whether it's husband, wife, yeah. or otherwise? Do you know so, you know what? Yeah.
1: This is like, I just have to say this point before you ask your question. You know how like in business, people think like marketing and sales solves all problems? But Chuck I feel like does. on this side of it, it's like, well, fixing my business will make my relationship better.
2: Money makes, it's like, mm. yeah.
1: It doesn't change anything.
2: It makes it makes things it makes things more challenging if you don't ask the questions. Like, is my relationship actually getting better? Because it is that infinite game, and like we don't ask our partner, do you feel loved? Do you feel supported? Do you feel appreciated? We just grind. We just grind, and we hope for things to get be better. They don't. So, if you've got any problems in your life, and because there's three areas, right? There's health, wealth, relationships, and they're all completely intricately connected. So, you cannot have an amazing, wealthy lifestyle, and then get terminal cancer and be happy, right? Like Steve Jobs. You can have an amazing business that spews out cash and you're loaded and you have time freedom, but if you're mentally burnt out and you don't enjoy your life and you don't have purpose, then what's the point of any of it, right? And you can have a healthy body and a you know business spewing out cash, but if your wife cheats on you or leaves, then what's the point of it? So like, yes, wealth is important and wealth is freedom. Like money is just paper energy. It just take or plastic energy. It just gives you opportunities to do what you want to do when you want to do it with who you want to do it with, which is extremely important. Like if you're unwell and you need a hospital, like a private hospital for your children, you got to have money, right? But how can you have that while also being full of energy, waking up happy, enjoying life and being able to sit with your family and be present? Like how can you have it all? That's the question. Why? Why? Actually, my question to both of you,
0: have you ever had a partner tell you that you're unemotional?
2: <clears throat> of course. I'm over emotional. <laughs> <Are you right, laughs>
0: so all, so the, this is the interesting thing. And before we continue, I, I'm thoroughly curious about this sign, right? So I a lot of things become water off a of duck's back for me right? Like I, I typically refer to myself as a human shield. Like I'll just go in and whether it's an employee challenge, a client challenge, just the challenge in general, I will jump on the hand grenade and solve it. And so for me, when I cam- come home to go and see my lovely wife, Hazel, it's like almost like one of the signs for me is like, she would say, Hey, like this is a challenge. This is a problem and all those kind of things. And I'm like, mm-hmm. Eh, you just another one add it, add it to <laughs> add it to the stack you yep. know or is it all like i need to be this masculine guy and so i think uh, for myself really for people listening like that can be a big sign unto itself which is like almost ignoring to the point of it needs to be a water a ducks back because that's what we're conditioned for when we're listening mm-hmm. like when we're at work when we're doing all these fun things now i am curious for yourself uh tony like how imagine someone's listening to this and they're relating to everything that we're talking about like how can they Mm -hmm. start getting back on track like it might not be Mm -hmm. intuitive for us like what is the first step and then the second and the third
1: well the
2: first step is just getting clarity right if you have a blind spot the only way to see it is to turn your head which is not that difficult to do it's the simple motion of the neck moving so it's as simple as just asking yourself cool i'm chasing success i'm making money I'm growing my portfolio, great, awesome. I already know that that's clear. I have clarity on that. What about my health and my relationships? We actually have an assessment called the key three assessment and you rate yourself in each area. You rate yourself in your health, you get a number, you rate yourself in your wealth and then in your relationships. And then you'll typically see whether there's an imbalance or not. So if you imagine your life like a wheel, just imagine there's more than three parts. If that wheel is circular, it rolls very smoothly. Whereas, if one part's sort of indented because it's not good enough, the other part's really, really successful, like the business, the relationship's falling apart, that wheel's gonna roll in a very, very weird motion. So, it's just simply getting clarity like, am I happy mentally? Am I healthy physically? What's the quality of my relationship? And not just going surface level. We, oh, yeah, things are fine. She'll be right, mate. That's the typical attitude going, no, you know what? Really? Why don't I ask my wife, hey, I work really hard for us. Do you feel loved? Do you feel appreciated? Do you feel supported? Do you feel understood? She will either say yes, I don't know. Am I allowed to say the F word? Or shit, no. (laughs) Or fuck, no, right? (laughs) Good. I've I've been holding it in this entire time. But it's, it's just simply asking these questions of others and of yourself. Because, look, we make assumptions, right? We make assumptions that making the money is enough. We make assumptions that having the house and the car is enough. But just like with Hazel and and our partners, it's like, we don't ask them these things. you know. And, And it's just looking at what you used to do compared to now. When you have kids, this changes a lot. When you start working more and growing your team, this changes a lot. At the beginning, you spent so much time with your partner. You looked into each other's eyes. You wanted to know about them. But then things get busier and that starts to disappear, right? So I think the answer in a nutshell is just getting clarity on where you are now in your health, wealth, and relationships. Just sit with yourself for 10 minutes after this podcast And go, cool, my business is here. I already know that. Well, where am I in these other areas? And am I okay with that? And the best way to change any part of your life, if you do realize there's a deficiency, is to establish the cost, right? So let's use a relationship as an example. If you know there's a rift in your relationship, everyone's got it. Arguments, not connecting, not enough sex, not enough intimacy, right? If that rift is like in those movies where there's an earthquake that splits apart the earth, you know those movies I'm talking about? right? If that rift is tiny, you can jump over it. There is going to be a point for all of us, if that rift gets too wide, where we can no longer make that leap. And when that happens, a divorce occurs. Now in business, if we see a rift or a deficiency, we go and fix that shit right away. But when it comes to our relationships or health, we sort of let that rift get a bit bigger, let it get a bit bigger. And we go, yeah, I can leap that thing. And then one day it's too far gone. You can't leap it. So a really powerful question to ask yourself if you do want to improve every area of your life, which you'd assume you do, why would you want wealth if you're going to lose it all, is to ask yourself, what's the cost of operating the way that I've been operating? If I keep growing my business the way I have and working on my, on my wealth and my, and my finances while neglecting these other areas, what will happen to my marriage? What will happen to my children? What will happen to my net worth if I don't change? And sometimes that answer is very terrifying.
1: I agree. Now you've mentioned something interesting here is like you've mentioned the reference to like balancing multiple areas of life and specifically health, Mm -hmm. which we didn't ask any questions on here. Like you've you've brought that in. So I'm Mm -hmm. wanting to understand in your work you do and what you found with the people you work with, does Mm -hmm. someone improving their health lead to better relationships and better wealth? Like is there something where balance becomes a requirement? And I guess mm-hmm. you could take this to the extreme. If someone's really unhealthy, it would be like, well, it would be hard to be a good partner if you can't get out of bed. Yeah. But it's mm-hmm. like, or get even it up. to the po- Yeah. But like, what's mm-hmm. your view on this? Is like health and fitness mm-hmm. a key requirement on having a great relationship as well? Or um, we'll call it spirituality, whether someone meditates or walks or whatever they do?
2: Absolutely. I mean, you can build massive wealth without being healthy and having shit relationships. But what's the purpose of it then? You know, like if you get, cancer like Steve Jobs did, or if your wife leaves you like so many men, then you're going to be sitting there with your dollars, just trying to kiss them and hug them and realize there's no love coming back at you. So they're completely and utterly connected. We Our most successful clients, they make a lot of money, but they're low on energy and they're forcing. There's force versus power, right? When you come from a place of power, you are energized, you're weaponized, your mind is bulletproof, you're able to handle stress. You can make just as much money not being in that place, but it's less enjoyable. And you'd think that when you're healthy physically and mentally, you're less reactive to the world. So as human beings, there are four things we can really control. We can't control the government. We can't control business deals. We can put to an element, we can influence things, but we can't control anything external outside of ourselves, right? We all had a business deal fall through, a shitty client, etc. What you can control is your thoughts, feelings, actions, and reactions, so the things that go on up here, whether they're positive or negative, the feelings, you have happiness, joy, pride, power. Then you have like stress, anxiety, very common for business owners. Those are feelings. And then actions are the things you do. Do you drink at the end of the day, even though you made a lot of money because you can't switch off? Or do you go and play with the kids? And then reactions are the things we react to in the world. So as an example, you've got two men or women. One wakes up, they get stuck in traffic. They're fine. They feel great. They come home, it's been a stressful day, they sit down, they play with the kids, they talk to the wife. That man, I guarantee, is healthier physically and mentally than the guy who gets in that traffic and starts swearing, getting triggered as shit, comes home, yells at the kids. The health has a massive role to play in that. So how you show up physically and mentally is going to make you more money, it's going to create better relationships and also, I'm assuming a lot of business owners have families, that's why we work so hard, you become a better role model, Mm -hmm. right? Because if you can make that paper and grow and provide for your family while also looking great, feeling great, communicating well with your wife, that sets a massive example for your children. I didn't have that. So if you can be that person healthy physically and mentally, it's going to impact every area of your life. I'm
0: curious. Does it always take some crisis or for us to push our partners to that degree for them to say something to sort of trigger
2: the change? No, I mean, you could listen to a podcast like that. There's two ways to change. You can learn from your own lessons and and failures and pains and triumphs, or you can learn from others. That's why this is so amazing because somebody (laughs) can hear this and go, holy shit, this is a blind spot. I'm going to go home and tell my wife that I've been working way too hard and I'm committed to date night again. Or you could not listen to this blind spot. You go home and a year from now, she says, I don't know if I love you anymore. Right? So you don't need a crisis. We've got a friend downstairs, a videographer staying with us, and he's the most traumaless guy I know. He's got no trauma. He was raised well. He knows about money. He's 24. He acts like a 40-year-old who's mature and he's got no trauma. He doesn't need a crisis. I have a lot of trauma. I had a lot of problems. <laughs> That's why I worked so hard to prove myself. Because I don't feel like anything's ever enough. I'm not good enough. I need more, more, more. So for me, it's often a crisis that I need. But I'm working on that. This is why I'm here with you. And this is why I listen to content like this. I
0: liked liked your point about date night. So imagine Mm. that it wasn't a crisis that triggered someone. Like someone listening to this and they're like, well, I haven't seen sort of the cockroaches in the kitchen yet. Like there's no crisis for me to go. Is there an ideal routine or habits that everyone should have sort of implement. I know that you said date night there. Is like, yeah. do we just do like a Thursday night, date night, check it off and go,
2: woo, my nah, man. that's good. That's not that simple, right? Because it's about quality, not quantity. So it's, <laughs> Damn it's it. like- yeah. I can go to better restaurants, Tony. I genuinely can. Yeah. Like I can
0: up it. You can. And what, you sit on can.
1: your phone the entire time? Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. High yeah. What Tony. I do, <laughs> it is,
0: we're at the restaurant. That is the win. It is checked off. <laughs>
2: Yeah, I've paid for it, right? No, it's a really good question, actually, because because it's not as simple as just checkboxes, right? So a, a principle we teach is daily deposits. And if, if we're going to talk specifically about relationships, it comes down to them feeling loved. So you may or may not have heard of love languages. You know, everyone's got a different way of giving love and receiving love. So for me, I give love by working hard for my family. That's an act of service. I want my wife to tell me how good of a job I'm doing. She's not very good at that. She's working on it. I relate to she'll this. make me dinner, you know? I just like, sometimes I just wanted to say, you know what, I can see how hard you're working. Doesn't happen often, right? So the best way to, to establish this is to make daily deposits into your children and your partner of their love language. So for example, Rosie, it's acts of service. So yes, I can take her to date night, but just as important is helping put Talia to bed and bathing her when Rosie's had a long day. Now my ego gets in the way and I'm like, yeah, I worked all day. I put out 72 fires. You were at home cooking and cleaning, not being not being disrespectful. Like she she's agreed to have that role. She can do whatever she wants. If she wants to start a business, go for it. So the ego gets in the way. I'm like, no, even though I'm tired, I'm going to give a daily deposit of acts of service. Today I'm taking her to lunch. And if you can do that daily, you build up their bank balance. So relationships break down because the bank balance becomes so empty that your partner loses certainty of a future. You do not get divorced if there's a glimmer of hope that it can work. So it's been going on for so long. You're grinding, you come home late, you're on your phone, you don't communicate, you argue, you drink, whatever it may be. The relationship rift gets so wide and there's no balance in that bank. And then you try and withdraw something. So as hardworking men, I try and withdraw sex. Sounds horrible. I don't mean like she's a bank, but I'm like, I've worked hard. Let's get jiggy with it. She's like, I got nothing, man. So you make these daily deposits and you fill up their bank and you do it with the expectation of nothing in return. It will take you five minutes and choose one thing to do a day. It can be simple. Write them a note. Tell them you love them. Send them an SMS of a flower saying, I know this is cheesy, but you're just as beautiful as this flower. And if you do that daily for a month, watch what happens to your relationship. And it's not hard. If you're planning your week as a business owner, add this in. A daily deposit, you know?
1: Yeah. I love that mental framework. <clears throat> business owners can respect the bank account. They they get what it is to make deposits versus take out of it. That's a really strong framework. And I like the mm-hmm. idea of like daily, because now you've got something to work with. You either hit it or you didn't, making it more tangible. Exactly. Which can be difficult in uh, I would say the intangibles can be difficult for a lot of business owners because they are such tangible people in business. Mm-hmm. Now, Grant, mm-hmm. do you know Hazel's love language? <laughs> I know what it is. I so, uh, definitely am terrible
0: at executing against it. It's uh, acts of service and time. What's your one? Nice me.
1: Yeah. Affirmations. Interesting. So, <laughs> just so guys. everyone knows, my love language is food. I if you follow me on <laughs> social. Is that a love language? That. <laughs> <laughs> it is now. I'm, I'm going to tell you right now. if Bianca brought me some food right now. That would probably be the thing that could make <laughs> me the happiest. You could come in here with like a thousand dollars and put it on the bench, or like a really good feed. It's not mm. even considerable it's, which it's one. It's me is with Hazel and
0: spreadsheets. Like if she builds a good spreadsheet, oh, <laughs> oh my gosh, I'm, I'm done. Yeah. I'm melting, melting. <laughs> but
1: it, it's really it. interesting the assumption we make though. Like I used mm. to, and again, I, I joke around mine being food, but at the same time when I, I cook, which is something I do often, when I give or cook the family a meal, that is me showing love. But if mm-hmm. they don't receive it in that way, it's kind of wasted effort. Although mm-hmm. I will say based on how my family eats, it does appear they enjoy it. Uh, point Mm. being Bianca's was touch and I had a very big lack of awareness to it. So it's like the daily hug goes a long way. And there's all these little things where I, uh, I had these blind spots to it and, uh, the book helped a lot. So for anyone that is listening, the five love languages and just Mm. that whole thing that how you receive love is not how others receive love, I think is such, such a powerful concept, such a powerful concept. Mm. Now, now Tony is, um, Often uh, Grant and I joke about this is there'll be periods of time where we say we're going to eat glass. And what that means is we've got a, probably a difficult couple of weeks coming up. So Completely mm-hmm. self-inflicted, but we mentally prepare each other for like, hey, this is going to be a rough run. You know when that ping comes through late in the day, early in the morning, you, you get the fuck on it, right? Mm-hmm. There's not going to be like any bitch out, go for a holiday for this next duration Uh, Period, And you'll also notice we're Mm -hmm. quite competitive if my language didn't (laughs) pick that up. But the thing is, uh, one of the things I want to look at is going, when we know we're going to go through a stressful time in business or maybe we've fallen into one by chance, I don't think I've ever gone to Bianca and say, hey, this is an eating glass period or anything like that. Do you Mm -hmm. recommend or have you seen that like if you're going through something uh, challenging in business, how to work with your partner in that time? Like is is there anything you've worked on there?
2: Absolutely. It's all about communication. So communication is the key to connection. It's very difficult for any area of your life to falter or fall down if you communicate effectively. So that means communicating with yourself first. Like We often know that there is a problem or something that could be addressed or something that could be brought out to the surface and awareness given to. So in the example of eating glass, I'm doing it right now. I'm scaling up, we've hired three people and the calendar's empty and the ads have stopped working. It's the same old story as usual. So last night, Rosie's going to dinner with some friends. I go and sit on the bed after a long day. And instead of her saying, how was your day? And me responding with, I'm fine. Very, very interesting word, fine, if anyone has heard it before.
1: It's the most dangerous said, word. In in, in it's finance, it's this time it's different, right? If you yeah, ever hear yeah. that, woo, and uh, yeah. in a relationship, it's fine. Red flag. <laughs> Red flag. Mine's Red flag.
0: the thumbs up emoji. If I get the thumbs up yeah. emoji, <laughs> yeah. in the doghouse. Yeah.
1: Like that. You've
2: done something wrong. <laughs> yeah, too much. Yeah, So so just sitting down and explaining to her, you know, like, things are really stressful right now. Like things are really challenging. And she knows that for the next two to three weeks before my time off and my event, that I'm going to be grinding. And she knows that I'm not going to be as present as opposed to just expecting her to understand and see that I'm working hard. Like she knows I work hard, but she also knows there's periods of of growth and periods of slowing down. So communication is the key to connection. And all, when you think about it, these things are so simple. They're just saying to your partner, like, Hey, look, I know that I've been working my ass off just a few more weeks. And then guess what? We're going to Jamaica, you know, like whatever it may be, just having light at the end of the tunnel, assumptions destroy so many things. They destroy relationships. They destroy businesses. You got to have crystal clear clarity on where you are, where you want to go and what's holding you back. And if you can communicate that with yourself and others in a nice calm tone, that's really leadership, which ironically enough, we're pretty good at in business. But when it comes to personal relationships, we sort of like forget how to do that. You don't just assume that your employees know what to do. You don't assume they're going to do their job properly. You you check, You check. have check-ins. You communicate. You have conversations. If things aren't going the best way they could go, you have a chat about it. Often we don't do that with our partners. We just sort of sweep it under the rug, you know? Ooh. Yeah. Or like I'll,
0: I wear the pride quite a bit. Like I try to make like a really, really large situation quite a bit softer um, so mm. in a previous company I was raising like seven figures and it was like crazy stressful. It was seven there days a week. Dro-
1: drop that again. Seven <laughs>
0: <days>. <laughs> <laughs> it was meant to be an indication of just how stressful it was, not a flex. Thanks, <laughs> no, no, no You do you. But you it do you. it, it relates to, to the story. And so like Hazel... Always got that I was like stressful. And now the story's ruined. No, I'm just joking. So she understood <laughs> that it was stressful, um, but I don't think she could really relate to it. And it was really interesting. We watched the WeWork sort of documentary thing around Adam trying to raise billions of dollars. And then he would go home to his wife and she would be like, Oh my gosh, I can't believe that this food was cooked incorrectly. And he's just like, what Like, why are you complaining to me about this when, like, yep. I can't raise a couple of billion dollars? And the interesting thing with Hazel was when we were sitting on that couch, she looked at me. She's like, I now understand your pain. She's like, I didn't mm. get it before. She's like, you said you were under stress. You said you're under pressure. And She's like, and I knew that. She's like, mm-hmm. I look at this woman and I'm like, how could you do that to a guy who is just, to your point, Charlie, eating glass and you're sitting there talking about how bad this food is when this guy has just like gone 10 rounds <laughs> against Mike Tyson coming home. And that's what he has to
2: deal with. And I'm like, Can and I that explain was her that? epiphany. Yeah, go for it. Can I explain that? It's because we don't understand each other. Yeah. One of the biggest assumptions in a relationship is that your partner should know you intimately and understand you. And we attach numbers that are irrelevant to that assumption. So we've been together for eight years, 12 years, 20 years. Like they should understand how hard my life is. They should understand what it's like to raise kids when you have children. And when you grind in business, those things massively destroy understanding. How can I understand Rosie and her getting up every night for a year? And how could she possibly understand the war I go to in business each and every day? So an exercise we did that obviously this guy's wife has never done. And I doubt it's intentional. It's just a lack of awareness. You don't Completely. intentionally become an asshole. Well, some people do. <laughs> we did an exercise where we went away like on our own for about an hour. And we both tried to step directly into each other's shoes from the moment we woke up. And this is so fucking hard to do. So like I had to imagine getting woken up at 3am because I'd put my earplugs in. She an amazing wife. And like the baby's screaming and I'm in bed, I've got breasts and I'm thinking, I'm thinking like, I just don't wanna get out of bed. And then I had to imagine getting out of bed anyway, pulling my breast out, feeding this child that I love, but I'm also triggered at. Then I had to imagine going back to bed, waking up, the alarm goes off, the baby's crying. And I'm just like, I haven't slept in a year. I wanna go to sleep. And I had to imagine like coming out, I'm in a hurry. I've had three coffees. I don't even say hi, I'm in grind mode. She wants some support, I'm working. I had to imagine- her going through the day, the baby's throwing food everywhere. I can't understand that because it's not the life I live. I'm I'm stuck in grind mode, right? And she had to imagine, she she was very good at it. She imagined like me dealing with all these fires. She said, you come downstairs, I'm stressed and upset, even though all I have to do is look after the kid. You probably are upset at me because you've got a stressful life. And we just went through this journey, came back and spoke out each other's day and it instantly elevated our understanding. There are still moments where she doesn't get it when I'm grinding, but it's so much better now because we both did that exercise and it created a deep level of empathy within us for each other. Cause we say we understand like that's bullshit. When do we actually sit with that much space and grace and time to do what I just said? It's hard to do that. Right. But man, like if you can do that in your relationship, your partner will understand you on such a deep level. Cause if they're not a business owner, like they can see it, but to feel it, that's a different thing. Completely. No one understands what it's like to go to war. Anyone listening to this is like, yeah, I feel this in my heart. Everyone else is like, yeah, I work at Kohl's. <laughs> <laughs> they, they don't get it. They don't
1: get it. Yeah. It's, a, it's a very, very great point you made. I, I just want to say a huge appreciation mm. for actually bringing some practical things to this podcast, Tony. Like many people totally. could have come on and just twist the knife, right? Just tell all the uh, stories that would have business owners relate. But you've dropped mm. some really practical things people can do to um, mm-hmm. improve things and enhance. Now, mm-hmm. I, I want to shift this to kids and I'm going to be selfish mm-hmm. because like I have one. Um, mm-hmm. You mentioned the idea of like we can communicate with our wives about, hey, I'm going through a period of eating glass and like I can mm-hmm. completely get her to conceptualize that but I, mm-hmm. I have this two-year-old that bangs on my door and I could say that all day long and he wouldn't be able to conceptualize this. Mm-hmm. So when we're uh, doing this with kids – is there anything you found useful or helpful? Because I I feel very torn personally between like demonstrating what it is to be a good provider and man of the family for Jack to absorb. But at the same Mm -hmm. time is like, if I'm going through a challenging period is like that ping on the phone and with Jack, do I go to the ping or do I go to Jack? Like I Mm -hmm. I get stressed in those moments of going, well, which which one's really the priority or like, am I showing Mm him? I'm not a good provider or am I, needing to explain things better. Like how can we work mm. with our children in a better way, particularly when we can't uh, necessarily explain things in a way they would get. Yeah. Is Jack speaking? Uh, yeah, reasonably.
2: Cool. I mean, he's not quite at the age of like super coherent conversation, I'm assuming, where he can understand massive principles. But the first answer to your question is you've at least got the awareness and it's conscious. So there's two ways to operate, conscious and unconscious. When my first marriage broke down, I was working my ass off. I wasn't conscious of the things I was doing. I wasn't at a level of awareness where I knew what was going on. Now that you like, you are at a level of consciousness where you can see what's going on, you're at least thinking, do I go for the ping on the phone or do I go for my son? That's very rare. I, I guarantee anyone listening can can relate. Sometimes you don't even realize until way later that you had a choice. So as long as you're consciously making the choice to go for the phone, And you say in your head, like, I'm going to choose this now so that I can have more freedom later with my son. That's the first step. The second is communication. So my head coach, Sam, ironically enough, we coach businessmen whose health and marriage are failing and, you know, they're making money, but they're not happy. His wife decided to divorce him last year. She decided it was over and he wasn't aware of it. That caused a lot of tension and stress in him. He's trying to help me grow the business. So he's working and grinding. He's got this horrible thing going on. Super challenging. And he would often be stressed at work and then blow up at his son. Not intentionally, not super loud. He wouldn't abuse him. But he'd go, oh, I can't do this anymore. He's got a four-year-old. Very, very, uh, you know, outgoing son. So what he would do afterwards is he would go to his son because his son's four. He understands quite a lot, as four-year-olds do. And he'd say, look, Luca... Daddy's been feeling very stressed. When he feels stressed, his shoulders feel really tight and he feels like he can't breathe. Have you ever felt that way, Luca? And he instantly goes, Yes, because kids have felt all range of emotions. They feel anger, sadness, guilt, they feel everything. Children are very good at feeling. So he walked his son through what he's been feeling. He explained why he's been feeling that. He explained that it's not okay that he's been feeling that. You know, it, it, I'm apologizing for my behavior. It wasn't intentional and daddy's going to work on it. And then he asked his son, where he's felt that in his life. He felt it in kindergarten when he was getting bullied. So now he's taken that experience and he shared it with his son and taught him a lesson that most adults have never learned, right? And we can apply this to business. So just sitting down with your three or four-year-old and saying, look, daddy's going to be working a lot more the next few weeks. They don't get it. You're like, what that means is you're going to have some time on your own. Now, how does that make you feel? Oh, I feel sad. Well, where do you feel that sadness in your body? I feel it in my stomach. Kids are really good at this. You ask an adult where they feel a feeling, they go, oh, right? I feel it in my stomach. What color is it? Blue. Okay, well, if you breathe into that sadness. You can feel feelings? I'm like, what? Dude, I lost that a long
0: time ago. I'm like,
2: maybe I I haven't gone far enough in business. (laughs) Yeah, maybe you guys have accelerated past me. My business still hasn't taken it from me. (laughs) Maybe it has, actually. I'm just numb. I'm just sad and numb. Um, but all jokes aside, yeah, like, so the answer to your question is children are so perceptive, even a two-year-old. And it's like, they won't understand that you've got to work, but if you can get them to see and feel it in their frame, such as like, when daddy's not spending time with you, how do you feel sad? When daddy is spending time with you, how do you feel happy? Well, when daddy works a little bit harder, he can have more time with you later. Does that sound good? Yes. And it's like, they're going to slowly understand these things. They're so perceptive. And, again, it's communication. Mm. The, with, them, with partners, partners get angry and upset at you. They argue with you. Kids don't. Kids just go, oh, that's how it's supposed to be then.
1: They don't we'll question say, it. I say I do often share the little stories about the message. I'll be like, oh, Jack, I, I'm going to reply to this message because you won't believe what happened today and this is how we're going to handle it. And, like, he'll press some buttons and put some stuff in and get him involved because I was like, well, instead of ignoring him, what if I include him? Let's see what happens. Yes. And he kind, of, he kind of loves that, to be honest. It explains but, um, a lot of the yes. messages I've been getting too. <coughs> Disturbingly good with a smartphone already for a two-year-old. <laughs> it's terrifying, isn't it? Yeah.
2: Yeah. That's awesome that you do that. And a lot of people don't. And again, not intentionally. So if you can communicate and involve your family in your business, they won't understand everything, but it's just about getting them to – because it's so clear to you, isn't it, why you're doing this. And it's clear to them that it's important. But just because it's clear doesn't mean they understand it fully. One of my favorite quotes from James downstairs is, I can understand, but I can't relate. And that's sort of what your family's like. They can understand, but they can't relate. So how can you get them to relate a bit more? And how can you also relate to them more? It's a balancing act. You're constantly juggling, wearing all the hats. And being a business owner, husband, father, wife, mother, those things are hard on their own. You combine them all together together, It is a melting pot for disaster, but it can also be the most fulfilling thing on the planet because you can't have it all. You know, you really can.
1: I've got this inner fear that if I don't show Jack being a business owner is awesome, he'll resist against Mm. it. So it's like, Mm. like, I mean, I think we all secretly and maybe not so secretly in my case, like I would love it if Jack took over the family business (laughs) or started a Mm. business of his own. Like I would consider (laughs) job done for me if that happened. But it's like if I show him the worst version of myself, because of business is like, why would he want that? Like it Mm. would be a very, very distinct thing. Now I I do want to jump topics again though, Tony, and I've got a feeling we're Mm. going to have you on the show probably uh, many times because there's things on my list we haven't even touched on yet. But um, one of the things I've uh, seen with people I've worked with and like I've mentored a lot of guys across the years and work with them is they feel a lack of support from their partner or that their partner Mm. is like projecting a lot of fear into what they're doing for whatever reason right, maybe uh, perceivably, and I'll I'll throw one on me here. I've gone pretty wild on TikTok ads in recent times. And I could understand from Bianca's perspective, if I'm running around the house talking about how I'm burning the company down to start a TikTok agency, she (laughs) might get a little bit fearful. I'm not doing that, but it's (laughs) like I I'd maybe set up when I went down the hallway. (laughs) Yeah. So I could understand how, like, there's a, a whole bunch of things in there, but have you ever dealt with, and I suspect you have, like, business owners who maybe have a partner who is projecting a lot of fear or saying things that could be perceived as fear, I should really say, um, Mm -hmm. or a partner that's overly negative or just someone with the wrong partner. Is there anything you found effective in in these types of regions? Um, Yeah, I'm just going to let you riff on it. I suspect you've got plenty here.
2: Yeah, there's, there's plenty to cover. So if you think about relationships of any kind, whether they're intimate or in business, they are simply a mirror. So if your partner is coming to you with negative things, and that's bringing your energy down and casting doubt inside of your mind, there is very, very likely a mirror of that happening towards her, right? So she is coming to you with uncertainty and doubt and negativity. Well, I guarantee there have been things you have said or done that have created that within her. It may not be around money. Maybe you're certain you'll make money, but maybe there's uncertainty that she's going to have her partner around. So with Rosie, my wife, there have been many times where I've been triggered or upset at her for not understanding or supporting me. Like I'm working so damn hard. Can you not see how exhausted I am? And I'm not even complaining. I'm like showing up. I don't want to get out of bed. I don't want to do anything. Do you know what she's thinking? He doesn't support me. He doesn't help with Talia. I've been raising her alone for three months. So it's this mirror. It's it's, It's often a mirror. And that mirror comes down to this idea of the blame game. We point the finger and we play the blame game. And I don't know what the saying is. It's when you point one finger at someone, you've got three pointing back at you. I One of our first tenets in the code of the empowered man is I take full responsibility for my thoughts, feelings, actions, and reactions. I take full responsibility for the quality of my life. So if my wife or someone I've chosen to spend my life with, friends, family, is negative and bringing me down, the first person I look at is myself. Now, in saying that, often... It's not just you; they do have a role to play. But when you blame them, you lose that control because you hand the power over to them. So that's the first answer to this: It's like how how is this a mirror of me? What can I do to influence this person to be more positive, to understand me better, to support me the way I'd like to be supported? That's the first step. Is it the second boat step six or boat two, Grant? Is that it? Me?
1: Is boat six, boat
2: two?
0: I'm <laughs> glad you your
1: mind had... went there <laughs> straight away. Which is the Jocko <laughs> What's book, boat right? What's boat six, boat two? <laughs> uh, uh, you gotta tell, tell the story. Right now? Right now? Issue. Uh, Extreme ownership by Jocko Willink, He's got. Um, they're doing this like Navy SEALs boat race, and there's uh, two yeah. boat teams that compete, which is boat two and boat six. And boat, mm-hmm. I think it's like boat two always wins, and Crushes. boat six always comes last. So they swap mm-hmm. the leaders, the guy who's responsible, and then suddenly, mm-hmm. I don't think that boat six actually wins, but they go from being the worst performer to like it's finishing like second. second. Yeah, and it's like mm-hmm. all they changed was who was taking responsibility. I um, wasn't yes. in my own experience. I've just had far too many encounters where it's like it is my my fault and my responsibility and it's like it's just a better frame to act from. Like why would yeah. you act from a frame where you can't take action on your own side, right? It makes no sense. Yeah. No sense at all. But please like continue that. on. I just had to put that point in because I think it's so important totally. for business owners. It is. And I've never heard that
2: story. Like it's so relatable. It's a different frame to what I said. And it's so powerful because it is a leadership thing. So like business owners are leaders. It's very hard to be successful in business unless you know how to lead. So you've got to lead your team. You've got to lead the people that you employ. You've got to lead people to make decisions. Most people don't know how to make decisions, let alone work well. But that starts with leading yourself. So in the frame of a relationship, yes, you start leading and asking, what can I take responsibility for? I think as, as well, it's important to separate fault and responsibility. I've done NLP and I was taught everything's your fault. I think that's bullshit. If I walk out on the street, I check both sides of the road, and then I get hit by a car that falls from the sky, extreme example, or a piano, like, is it my fault that I walked out on the street? No, but it's my responsibility. So I think when we, when we allocate fault and blame, that has a negative connotation and words have power. It's all about responsibility. So what can I take responsibility for? The second thing is a clearing conversation. We teach this in our programs. It's like asking questions to establish why that person is behaving the way they're behaving. And you do this in business. If you have a negative employee, you don't just go and tell them, hey, you're super negative. Get your shit together because they're going to hate you. Or maybe you do. I know I've done that in the past. Instead, what, what I would do with that employee is say, hey man, do you mind if we have a conversation? I'd love to know what's going on for you it seems like things have been quite hard for you recently. What's going on? Oh, nothing. Something going on at home? Yeah, my wife, blah, blah. You find out about them and you do it in a frame of like curiosity. In relationships, we don't do that. In relationships, our wife doesn't understand us or she's negative and we just go on the attack. Like, oh, you're going to talk to me like that then? How was your day? Fine. Oh, one of those, huh? Right. We, We use this sarcasm and this tonality of like, we get triggered and we and we become a child in that moment. We all do this. When we get triggered and upset, we we remove logic and we become children. We go into our inner child. So we attack. The, the thing about attacking is when somebody feels attacked, even if everything you said was true, even if it will help them, even if it will fix their problems, they will defend. It is human nature. If you feel attacked, you will defend. So relationships are really interesting because you've got to help somebody get over their own bullshit understand you better, look yourself in the mirror and do it in a way where you don't offend or upset them, which will probably happen anyway, so that you can shift their worldview and get them on your side. But that's what leadership is, right? So it's what what am I responsible for? How can I influence this person to shift their worldview, mindfuck them without them realizing? And that's the story of mine and Rosie's relationship. It's like she has a lot of trauma and things she wasn't taught, just like I do, and we're constantly. Trying to like support one another and understand one another, and we often clash, and that collision creates a connection, just like a car accident. But that collision leads to communication, where we find out why the other person's operating the way they're operating. Does that answer your question about when someone's negative and doesn't understand you? Is that what you're looking for? Or
1: yeah, I like that so much, yeah. and I just think how lucky yeah. we are never to be bored, right? <laughs> I and mean, if we just got along with our partners all the time well, and it was easy, like. I would start yeah. a TikTok agency. That's literally what i do because yeah. I'd be so bored. I'd need things to do. I'd create drama. Yeah. Um, exactly. Anyway, yep. I do want to – we are actually going to wrap this one up from here because we are it's coming to long, the end yeah. of our time, uh, mm-hmm. Tony, but I just want to say what a phenomenal um, just depth of knowledge on this topic is. Like I That's found cool. myself at times forgetting I was podcasting. I was like, <laughs> oh, yeah, no, I uh, better ask a question here or something from there. So for yeah. – um, Those that perhaps, and I'll say perhaps, I won't project it on anyone, perhaps want to start digging into these things, these topics, and uh, I suppose work on their relationships at home, what's the best way for people to get in contact with you?
2: Yeah, so on Facebook, we're the Empowered Man Method. There's another guy who's got a very similar business in America, but the Empowered Man Method on Facebook, flick us a Facebook message, Um, Tony Versick, T-O-N-I-V-E-R-S-I-C, the Empowered Man method on YouTube. I release a video and a podcast there every week. And we have a podcast called the Empowered Man Podcast, where we dive very deep into these topics. We're also on TikTok, Instagram, all those places. I'm sure it will be in the call notes. Um, we also have a seven-day challenge, which is basically all about taking control of your health, wealth relationships. So we go through how to improve your relationship. There's even a section on daily deposits. I'm happy to drop that video, the day six video for free for the guys if they want, all about how to implement those daily deposits in love languages. So we've got a challenge as well that we run um, that you would more than happy to check out if you want to check it out.
1: Yeah, now guys, we'll link to everything in the show notes or wherever you are watching this video. And I want to say a big thank you to Tony again. We're going to wrap this one up from here, guys. Thank you so much for tuning in.